K-pop Bookshelf. This podcast is where we will be exploring Korean popular culture through books. I'm the host of this podcast, Mina, and I can't wait to talk about books with you. We are still in the midst of my Pride season, where we take a closer look at LGBTQ plus Korean stories. As I mentioned in previous episodes, there are various terminologies that people within the LGBTQ plus community prefer to use. For the most part, I will use the same terminology as the book author or the writer of the articles I am referencing. I will also use the term queer to refer to the LGBTQ plus population collectively. The book that we are taking down from the bookshelf today is Flip the Script by Lila Lee. This is a YA novel with a bisexual main character. And that's not a spoiler, but there will be spoilers throughout this episode, so do read the book if you would like to avoid them. Before getting into the book itself, let's discuss a little bit about bisexuality in Korea. Now, unfortunately, there's not a ton of research about queer communities in Korea, so I really do mean that I'll only talk about it a little bit. We've discussed in other episodes the conservatism, Confucian patriarchy, and religiousness of large parts of Korean society, all of which make queerness, including bisexuality, something that is difficult for people to open up about. Definitely check out the other episodes in this Pride season because I cover queer history and sociology in Korea in those episodes more extensively, and it may give you a better sense of queer issues in Korea. In 2017, the Busan Queer Culture Festival decided to highlight the bisexual population, since the festival timeline coincided with Bisexual Awareness Day. Bisexual Awareness Day is on September 23rd. An article about this quoted a worker from the Korean Sexual Minority Culture and Rights Center. According to their website, the center is the first center for sexual minorities, people living with HIV-AIDS, and those who support the rights of sexual minorities in Korea. By the way, sexual minorities is a term used a lot in Korea to talk about the queer population. The worker they quote in the article is named Candy Yoon, and I will read an excerpt from the article about the Busan Queer Culture Festival in 2017 now. Quote, Korea has had pride parades since 2000, and from several years ago, individuals and organizations started to bring diverse pride flags to the parades, but we never have a bisexual flag. So we decided to bring it to promote bi-visibility, she says. Yoon adds that there are still many misconceptions about the bisexual experience, with the media often portraying the bi community as people who are on the fence about their sexuality. There are few cases in which bisexual people are represented on TV. And even if it is, it is often described as a person who is confused, she said. The misrepresentation in the media only reinforces the negative prejudices against bisexual people. Yoon says that she hopes increased visibility will help people to understand that being bisexual is not a state of confusion and is as valid as other sexualities. Same-sex marriage, discrimination, and stigmatization of sexual minorities is also common to bisexual people, she says. In order to eliminate these stigmas, it's important we promote bi-visibility and continue to raise our voice for the end of discrimination, end quote. I think what Candy mentioned there about media often depicting bisexual people as always perpetually confused is something that we have seen in non-Korean media as well. Speaking of pride festivals in Korea, in a previous episode, we talked about the pride festival in Seoul, which, similar to Busan, is called the Seoul Queer Culture Festival. In the past, the Seoul Queer Culture Festival was protested by Christian religious groups who are strongly opposed to queer people in society. Just recently, as of the time of this recording, the first in-person Seoul Queer Culture Festival was able to take place since the pandemic for the year 2022. There were, of course, protesters during the event, but there were also some noteworthy guests. 
The ambassador from the U.S., Philip Goldberg, and the ambassador from the U.K., Colin Crooks, were among the people who gave remarks at the event. Ambassador Crooks even delivered his speech in the Korean language. This is particularly notable given that the Korean government has been considering passing an anti-discrimination act for years, which thus far is not yet the law in Korea. This means that there are no legal repercussions for people to discriminate against queer people along with any other minorities, including women, disabled people, and foreigners in Korea. Maybe with prominent people from other countries speaking up for civil rights, the Korean government will also be inspired to adopt anti-discrimination legislation. And hopefully we here in the U.S. can continue to maintain our anti-discrimination laws as well. Now let's take a look at some famous bisexual people in Korea. You may not be surprised to know that a lot of them are really quite young, which makes me hopeful that the younger generation will set new norms in Korea. Rapper Aquinas, also known as Kang Min-su, who appeared in the shows Show Me the Money and High School Rapper, came out as bisexual on his Instagram in 2021. According to Pink News, he told Korean news outlet Spo TV, quote, In our society, LGBT plus people are still discriminated against and criticized. I thought that if I made this confession at a young age, LGBT plus people would gain courage and be comforted, end quote. Similar to Holland, the gay idol we discussed in episode one of this Pride season, Aquinas thought it was important to come out to help and inspire confidence in others who are like him. The idol Jie from the girl group What's Up came out as bisexual in 2020. Unfortunately, her solo career was not supported by any Korean agencies, possibly because she came out as bisexual. As a result, she ended up trying to crowdfund her solo album back in February of 2022. The website Mia quoted her as saying, quote, As for who I am, a bisexual. The society would not give me the same chance as others do, she said, exposing the marginalization faced by sexual minorities in the K-pop industry, end quote. Another Korean musician who came out as bisexual is the singer Som Hain from the show Idol School. In 2019, she shared an Instagram post where she is kissing her girlfriend, though the full face of her girlfriend is somewhat obscured in the picture, so as to protect her identity. Remember that it's not easy to be openly queer in Korea. As a result of her post, she received some negative hate comments from online trolls. In response to these trolls, the Metro UK quotes Hain as saying this, People think differently and can hate same-sex relationships. Yes, you can hate it. Those are individual values, and I'm not trying to force anyone to understand or like homosexuality. I am also not begging for anyone to like or notice me. I didn't think I would receive this much attention. I just didn't want to hide the fact that I am dating and in love, just like everyone else. I don't want my people to get hurt, and it's my duty to protect them. I will also take legal measures to protect my people. Please stop. End quote. So I'm just going to drop my regular reminder here to not spend your life being an online troll to anyone, since life is hard enough as it is. Okay, so now let's go back to the book Flip the Script. The author of the book, Lila Lee, is a Korean-born American young adult fiction novel author. She also writes the Mindy Kim books, a series for younger children. Lila is herself a bisexual woman. The YA novel she wrote just before this one was called I'll Be the One, and it's about a fat Korean-American teen who auditions on a survival reality TV show to be a K-pop star. That book features queer characters as well, but since that book is set in the US, I decided to cover Flip the Script for this podcast. Flip the script takes place in Korea. I do highly recommend I'll Be the One, though, so check that out as well. In an interview she did for the blog Misty Realms, Lila describes the book as a love letter to K-dramas. We're going to discuss the book now with spoilers. The lead character is Jin Hana, who is a Korean-American teenager who moved to Korea with her parents in order to become an actress. 
Hana is just starting out in her career and starring in a K-drama called Faded Destiny. Her co-star is one of the hottest K-pop stars from the boy group Nova, Brian Yoon. Just a reminder that this is all fictional, so as far as I know, there isn't a K-pop group called Nova, but there really should be. Brian's so popular that he has his own individual fandom called The Bry Babies, and I find that hilarious. Hana's other friend, what we millennials would have probably called a frenemy back in the day, is Park Minji. Minji is an actress who used to be really good friends with Hana, even though they are acting rivals who are always up for the same roles. In fact, Hana won the role that Minji auditioned for in Faded Destiny. Despite this, Minji and Hana start texting and video calling to talk about Hana's role when the plot twists and Minji is also cast in Faded Destiny. The fun thing about this book is that it sort of plays out like a drama within a drama. In the beginning of the book, it's really focused on various aspects of filming the drama itself. Lila Lee has the characters in the book go through some common K-drama tropes, such as contract dating, a scene at the beach, and going on a date to the amusement park in Latte World. But most importantly, there is something of a love triangle and second lead situation. We read in the interview with Lila Lee that the main character, Hana, is bisexual. Lila says the following in the interview with the Misty Realms blog, quote, Hana actually knows she is bisexual from the beginning, or at least she does on a surface level, i.e. celebrity crushes. But I think there's definitely a difference between recognizing and labeling your identity versus actually going through the experiences slash feelings with people who you know in real life, end quote. One thing I loved about the book is that it was sort of like going on a virtual tour of Seoul and sometimes like going on a virtual food tour of Seoul. The characters go to various filming locations and places for dates. So if you follow me on Instagram, you will see that I put some pictures up for date ideas when in Seoul. So many of the places mentioned in the book were cliche touristy places, which is my favorite, by the way. And they are places you often see in dramas like Namsan Tower and Starfield Library and Gyeongbokgung Palace. Now to get to the love lives of the characters. Let's talk a bit about Brian, who again is one of the most popular members of one of the most popular boy groups in Korea. So I thought the book did a good job of outlining some aspects of K-pop fandoms, such as the fact that idols are not allowed to date, and how fandoms sometimes react both very positively and very negatively when idols do end up dating or marrying. Many of you have seen how this has played out in real life for idols who announced that they were expecting a child or were suddenly going to marry someone. It's always a little bit jarring for their fans who are almost never told about their idol's long-term partners. In the book to stir up ratings for the drama, Brian has to date Hana, but they aren't really dating. This is just fake dating and their management companies draw up a secret contract about it. Only Hana's parents and manager know that it's fake. The couple prepare themselves for the reaction of Brian's fandom, the Bry Babies, after they go on a stage date to Latte World, which is sort of like Disney World, by the way, with paparazzi in pursuit. Almost immediately, online reactions start coming through. Hana is faced with hateful hashtags on social media and calls for her to not be alive anymore. This is one of the darker sides to online fandom activity, but some Bry Babies love the relationship, not realizing that it's fake. Later in the book, although Brian had genuine feelings for Hana, we find out that he is queer as well. He's pansexual, but despite knowing this within himself, he feels that there's no way he can come out publicly and maintain his career. This is a bit different from the real-life situation with K-pop idol Holland, who was out as a gay man from the time of his debut and never had to lie about how all of his fans were his girlfriends or similar types of comments that other idols are made to say in public in real life. Regarding the character of Hana, she knows she is bisexual by the time we meet her in the book, as Lila said, but she's never been in a relationship before, so imagine your first relationship being a fake one that plays out in front of international media. 
She doesn't have much real-life practice in being queer, if that makes sense, but that doesn't make her any less sure of herself. Hana later realizes she has a crush on Minji, her friend and rival. I think the process of her working out her feelings for Minji, as well as her lack of feelings for Brian, is portrayed rather realistically. Minji is a character that stood out to me. On the surface, she seems like she may have an easy life, given that she comes from a prominent family unlike Hana. But Hana is blessed with awesome and understanding parents. Minji is not as close to her own parents. Minji is also battling some inner turmoil as she grapples with her own sexuality. Unlike Brian and Hana, Minji only likes girls. She is sure of this much, though she stops short of calling herself a lesbian. You can tell she's coming to terms with this part of herself, and maybe she has kept these feelings at bay for some time. She has, at minimum, kept down her feelings for Hana for a while. A person can still be discovering themselves at any age, but this book is a bit different to read than the books we have read in the previous episode, which was about lesbians. The books we read for that episode, This Summer and Concerning My Daughter, include characters who are well into adulthood and more settled in their sexuality. Given that the characters in this book are teens, it makes sense that they have a different experience with their sexualities than the books where the characters are adults. Author Lila Lee said in the Misty Realms blog interview, quote, Through all three characters, I really wanted to give the reader a sense that everyone has their own queer journey, and everyone's journey in identity is valid. Also, sexual attraction and gender is a spectrum that can sometimes even be fluid throughout a person's life, end quote. Minji's interactions with her family upon coming out to them are bad enough that she counts herself as lucky to have not been thrown out of her house. And I know this season of my podcast has been somewhat depressing, with a lot of talk about discrimination and homophobia and homophobic bullying and abuse. But I also feel like I need to keep pointing out the reality that so many people face just for being queer, not only in Korea, but all over the world. That so many people are put directly in harm's way just for being themselves. I feel the need to point this out because I think sometimes homophobia is just accepted as an inevitability by some sections of society and not taken very seriously. But it is a big deal and I don't want to lose sight of that. The main thing, of course, in the book is how the characters make a huge change to their drama, Faded Destiny, by changing the script, or as the title says, flip the script, flipping the script. I don't want to give everything away, but let's just say it made me think about queer representation in Korean media and dramas. In the first episode of our Pride season, we mentioned the first out gay celebrity in Korea was Hong Seok Chun, also known as Tony Hong. Hong Seok Chun came out as gay in the year 2000, after which he faced a very harsh backlash, part of which included protesters standing in front of the television broadcast station where he worked until he was ultimately fired from his job. Hong Seok Chun was given a role as a gay character a few years later in a drama in 2003, making him the first openly gay Korean person to play a gay character in a drama in Korea. But as I understand it, that show did not revolve around his character. Since then, there have been more queer characters in K-dramas, many of which have tried to treat people in the queer population with some care. A 2020 Korea Herald article states, quote, Rather than shunning sexual minorities or describing them comically as has been the case in the past, Korean dramas have begun to portray LGBTQ characters in ways that were once considered taboo in the Korean entertainment industry. In the past, LGBTQ characters rarely had major parts and appeared in dramas for no more than three episodes. Most characters often had unrequited love stories and played the role of supporting the main characters in the quest for love. In some dramas, gay men became straight after time passed. Also, lesbian characters appeared far less frequently than gay characters, while bisexual characters were almost non-existent, end quote. 
The article also mentions that homophobia can lead actors who portray queer characters to face a negative impact on their careers just for portraying someone who is gay on a show. That's not unique to Korea either. When the American sitcom Ellen, starring Ellen DeGeneres, had a storyline where Ellen's character dates a woman, portrayed by actress Laura Dern, back in 1997, there was a huge reaction in the U.S. Although she was already a successful actress, Laura Dern said that she had a hard time finding additional work after portraying a lesbian on The Ellen Show and even needed security detail to protect her. It's also mentioned in the same article that physical interaction between queer characters are usually very limited in Korean media unless it's being played up for comedic effect. Below is back-to-back paragraphs from a separate Korea Herald article. Quote, in 2010, SBS's drama series Life is Beautiful stirred debate on whether the series was appropriate for broadcast. The star-studded show featured a gay couple for the first time in Korean TV history. In 2021, more than a decade later, SBS was criticized for removing Freddie Mercury's kissing scenes in Bohemian Rhapsody by those who argue that such editing discriminates against sexual minorities, end quote. These paragraphs seem to represent the way Korean media takes a few steps forwards when it comes to depicting queer situations in media, but also a few steps back by doing things like editing out a gay kiss in a movie about a famously gay man. But it is really hopeful that some people spoke out against their editing out of that scene. But what about the idea that queer content in dramas could become even more mainstream in Korea, like in the book? Well, lately, one type of drama that's been getting a lot of buzz in Asian dramas in general is the BL genre, or boys love drama genre. In this genre of dramas, two males are each other's love interests, and unlike other queer depictions in K-dramas, they have to be physically affectionate towards each other. It's somewhat unexpected when you think of some of the more conservative aspects of Asian societies. After all, same-sex marriage is still not legal in most Asian countries, yet the BL genre is an extremely popular one. Since 2020, BL dramas from Thailand were really popular all over Asia, including in Korea. The hit Thai BL series Together was popular in Korea along with other parts of the world, and Korea has made some of their own BL productions as well. Earlier this year, the Korean BL drama Semantic Error, based off a webtoon, set records for viewership on a BL series in Korea which, quote, topped the services, the streaming service it aired on called Watcha, chart for eight weeks after its premiere in February, end quote. The screenplay for Semantic Error was also the bestseller for a period of time on Yes24, a Korean online store. One thing that I find interesting about Semantic Error is the fact that two idols were cast as the leads. Park Jae-chan from the group DKZ and Park Soham, formerly of the group K&K, play the male leads in the show. Again, idols are not allowed to date anyone at all ever. They talk about that a lot in the Flip the Script book. We already learned that actors who merely portray queer characters, even if they are not queer in real life or haven't commented on their sexuality, can sometimes experience a negative public reaction. So for Korean audience to accept not only BL dramas, but also accept idols portraying queer people in a BL series seems to be a huge deal. Out gay idol Holland was cast in a BL called Oceans Like Me, but Holland is different from most idols in that he established himself as an out gay celebrity from the jump. Whereas I don't think the idols from Semantic Error or other BLs have spoken out about their own sexualities at all. The risk for idols goes beyond their own reputation and careers. Any backlash, if big enough, can affect not only the individual starring as a queer character, but also other members of the same group who could potentially receive spillover hate. In promotional interviews for Semantic Error, Park Jae-chan mentioned that his company was actually very much against him participating in the drama, worried that it may harm his career but he eventually convinced his company to let him try it. 
In the case of semantic error, casting idols was ultimately a risk that paid off. I will read you a quote from my Korea Herald article about it. Quote, I started watching Semantic Error because my friend and I were fans of Jaechan from the boy band TKZ, who plays the lead role in the series. Though we did not know the series was a BL romance, the unique story and the characters were refreshing compared to other rom-coms. A university student surnamed Lee, 25, told the Korea Herald on Friday, end quote. As we've mentioned in other episodes from this season, the more exposed to queer people others are, the more accepted queer people may become. Non-queer people can realize that individuals in the queer population are just simply human. By the way, not to give too much away, but there may have been a bisexual character in Semantic Error. And if you want to support Semantic Error, it is currently available on Viki. I'll put a link in my show notes for you. Just recently, as of the time of this recording, both Park Jechan and Park Soham from Semantic Error won popularity awards at a recent drama awards show. They were also nominated for acting, which is a big achievement just getting that nomination, even if they didn't win those acting awards. To me, it's maybe more of an achievement to win a popularity award because it indicates fan acceptance and therefore, hopefully, societal acceptance and change. After the success of Semantic Error, many Korean platforms have decided to invest in more queer content. Mary Queer, for example, is the name of Korea's first ever LGBTQ reality show, and big names are involved. The well-known MC Shin Dong-yop, an openly gay actor and personality, Hong Seok-chon, who we mentioned earlier, along with Hani from the girl group EXID, are the hosts of this show, which is airing on a Korean streaming platform called Wave. Actually, the use of streaming services such as Watcha and Wave is probably helping to contribute to the surge of queer content in Korea. These platforms are often referred to as OTT platforms or over-the-top platforms, which I think is sort of like how in the U.S. we call some platforms on-demand. I'll read from the Korea Herald, quote, With the rise of online streaming platforms, content creators can make content without being restricted by the Korean Communication Standards Commission or having to meet the strict standards of terrestrial broadcasters. Standards like maintaining dignity and protecting the social and emotional development of children, culture critic Jong Tokyon said, referring to JTPZ's Sunam Girls High School Detective, which received warnings from the KCSC after airing a scene of two girls kissing. The subscriber-centered services and a shift in viewer tastes are leading to the production of more diverse contents, end quote. More BL dramas, including those starring idols, are on the way. And this also includes reality TV shows about queer people, although those I don't think will include any idols. I think the inclusion of reality TV and showing real-life queer people will be awesome compared to the dramatized versions of people who may or may not actually be queer themselves, or whose roles were not written by queer people. By the way, I found a really nice news clip from Arirang News, which is in English and available on YouTube. It's about all these emerging new queer content in Korea. Check out the links in my show notes to find it and watch it if you're interested. So to wrap up this episode, I do recommend Flip the Script, especially if you're a fan of K-dramas or if you want to support a queer Korean author. I also am hopeful and excited about the state of Korean media and more authentic depictions of queerness. In a future episode, I'll be joined by some guests to talk more about the BL genre, so look out for that. As a reminder, you can reach me on social media on Instagram at kpopbookshelfpod. If you don't follow me on there yet, please consider doing so, because I may be doing some book giveaways on there. If you're on Twitter, you can follow me at kpopbookshelf. You can also email me at kpopbookshelfpod at gmail.com. Be sure to check my blog to see the sources I used for researching this episode. The links in my bio and show notes will take you there. Special thanks to AO for designing my blog. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please tell a friend about this podcast. Okay, thanks, bye.